This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your host, the Bowtie Guy, and uh, we're here with another show because, you know, that's what we do. It's Tuesday, and uh, what would you do without the show, right? So uh, we are on show 211 today. Welcome to that. Uh, welcome to our, our fifth year in uh, existence. Uh, we just had the anniversary last show. So this is our first show of the new year, I guess. And uh, it's all very exciting to me. Um, if you need to reach us, don't forget, we are everywhere on the internet. We go all over the place, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Reddit. Uh, last couple of uh, shows you heard were for people who uh, reached out to me on Reddit. So get out there on Reddit and uh, get part of our, our messed up uh, ministries uh, subreddit out there and talk to us about what's going on in your life. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to financially support the show because we are financially supported by all of our listeners, you can do one of two things. You can click on our uh, become a patron button on the website, which is messituppodcast.com. Click that button. It'll take you to our Patreon page and they can set everything up for you. If you want to give us uh, money just on a, our text to give platform, it's mum, M-U-M, mum's the word, text it to 760-WALLS-C-A, W-A-L-L-S-C-A, and send us into the prison walls of California with your, uh, with your generous donations. Helps pay for uh, materials for the inmates, helps to pay for gas for missionaries to go to the prisons and stuff like that. And that is 100% uh, tax deductible. The Patreon side, Patreon keeps 8% of it. So um, we only give you a tax credit for 92%. Um, but uh, we love uh, the, the people who are helping to keep us going. And we're super excited about what's going on in the prisons now. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all you uh, dedicated uh, givers who have been giving to us so generously. If you become a new giver, you get access to our Discord chat server, and you also get access to our book club uh, where we read books and chat about them. So lots of fun stuff going on with that. Speaking of books, um, the new book is out. It's called Peace by Peace. That's P-E-A-C-E by P-I-E-C-E. And uh, it's on Apple Books. It's on Amazon. You can get a paperback. You can get it on your Kindle. Uh, so go check that one out as well. New givers to the show also get a free copy of uh, the book of their choice. So uh, that's something if you want to get a free book, you can do it by giving some money. So it's not really free, I guess, but you get the idea. Um, I think that's most of what I wanted to say to you. Gosh, I forgot to, to set my clock to start again. So our show might be uh, three or four minutes late today, uh, but um, we got the clock going now, so I'm better. Uh, our word of the week this week, I know you've been wondering what the word of the week is. And this one is a really, really crazy one. So um, let me, uh, I gotta, I gotta remember how to pronounce this one. Um, it's, it's bowderization. And bowderization is to um, get rid of something by omitting or modifying parts that are, are uh, considered, you know, bad. So it's kind of like editing or censoring. And um, I don't know where that comes from. Let's see, I'm just looking right now. Oh, it came from Dr. T. Bowdler. Um, and uh, he decided to publish an addiction of Shakespeare without references 
to naughty things. Uh, so it became called bowdlerization. So anyhow, there you go. Hopefully no one's bowdlerizing this because hopefully we don't have anything that's naughty or cheeky going on. Speaking of nothing, um, we are here today. And I just thought, wow, I did that faster than I've ever done it, but I forgot. I forgot to set the clock. Um, we're here today with a, a guest that I met through um, a connection with Prison Fellowship Ministry. And my guest today is Kyle Lowry, but he goes by Lowry. He is a Christian uh, artist. And so he's on the show today. So I'm guessing you can figure out what our song of the week is going to be uh, from this week. Uh, but Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Paul. Appreciate it. Really excited to be here, man. Absolutely. Um, if you're looking for, for Kyle Lowry, it's not like uh, Lowry's Steakhouse that used to be out here in California, but it's L-O-W-E-R-Y um, is uh, Lowry. You can find him on YouTube if you search uh, that name and then uh, Second Chance. Uh, that's a good way to find him, but he's also on Spotify, on Apple Music um, under the name Lowry. Kyle. <clears throat> What uh, what made you decide to get into uh, doing uh, music and stuff? Why are you, I mean, you're a Christian rapper in Nashville. <laughs> when I think Nashville, I think Music City, but I think country music city, not, not Christian rap. So tell us a little bit about what got Kyle going with, uh, with Christ, with music. Let us, let us know your story. No, thanks so much, Paul. And I definitely understand. Yeah, you think Nashville, you think country music, and I, I don't think Nashville is necessarily the epicenter of hip hop. And so, <laughs> yeah, uh, being a Christian, being a rapper, it definitely comes with a lot of preconceived notions. And uh, so I'd love to clear some of those up. Uh, first and foremost, when I was about seven, uh, my name is Kyle. My parents almost named me Brandon. I'm grateful that they did not because they named me <laughs> Kyle. And more things rhyme with Kyle uh, than they do with Brandon. And so there was a day where I'm in the back seat and my mom is driving and our, our dear friend, uh, Kathy, she was in the shotgun seat. I'm in the back just jibber jabbering and I'm talking. I talk a lot. Ask anyone in my family. And I started rhyming my name uh, with different words. And I'm seven years old at this time. So over the course of a few miles in the car, I have you know, successfully written my first song. Uh, it was the Kyle song, very, <laughs> very uh, innovative and creative there. And so I began to perform this song uh, for various audiences of the family. I'd go before aunts and uncles, I'd get excited to rap it for my cousins. And so this became known at family reunions as, hey, do the Kyle song and I'm going to spare you uh, the, the lyrics of the Kyle oh, song. Oh man, I was looking forward to that. Yeah, that's a golden thing. I'll probably reserve that for some VIP offer maybe 10 years down the line where I'll reveal the lyrics to the Kyle song. <laughs> um, but I, I just had a fascination with, with rhymes from a very young age. And then in fifth grade, my, my teacher, Miss Elliot, uh, we were all sitting in class and she started teaching us poems and she forbid us to rhyme. She said, you need to force your mind to not rhyme these poems. And of course, my little rebellious fifth grade mind was challenge accepted. Um, and I remember writing a, a rap that rhymed and I, you know, raised my hand and she's like, Kyle, and I shared it with her and to her, you know, she was not happy with that, that I disobeyed her publicly, <laughs> but little fifth grade Kyle was grinning ear to ear. So there's just been a fascination with rhymes for one. 
Um, I always excelled in, in public speaking and English, AP English classes. My English teachers, I actually rap battled one of my English teachers. He was oh, a wow. Christian and he invited me to do like a poem battle kind of writing exercise. So it's just always been prodded, you know, like me forward where I've always been encouraged to keep writing. Um, and then I discovered that um, when I was 13, that's when I came to know Jesus. So my, my mom and my grandma are both um, always been instilling the Bible and prayer in my life from a young age. Uh, but I came to a saving knowledge of Christ when I was 13. Um, I went to a church camp and there was a great worship team. There was great music. Um, and I, I heard the, the, the forgiveness message of Christ that mm. all of my wrongs could be eternally forgiven because of the work of Jesus and peace entered my life for the first time. Mm. Um, and I had spiritual peace. And so then freshman year of high school, I remember being my first week of high school and my, my pastor friend at the time, Eric was with me. We were doing a Bible club thing. And he distinctly, I remember this very vividly, we're looking at my high school campus and he asked me, Kyle, what do you believe God wants you to do here? And I'm like, well, I want to tell others about God in high school. He's like, okay. And I'm like, and I also want to rap. And Eric just challenged me. He said, why don't you do both? So from freshman year of high school until now, I'm 30 years old now, it, it's just never relented. I've just always found ways to pair the two. How do I be a Christian first and foremost, but also how do I learn to write and record and perform rap songs that pull from the Bible, that pull from my experience, and that just boldly and honestly share my faith in Christ? So you said that your, your mom and grandma had been always, you know, sowing seeds for you. Uh, were you a kid who was in church or were you just around church? Um, I was just around church until I came to Christ. Um, I was just, you know, go to church camp, go to Sunday school. I was always just around it. I, I observed and saw, but even from a very young age, I could tell within my heart, I've always, it's weird to think about, but I had a paranoia of death as a young kid, mm -hmm. even like before the age of 13, ask my mom and my dad and my brother. There was a moment where we went to Nickelodeon studios with, in California and I refused to get on some of the bigger roller coasters because mm. I had visions in my head of what if I fall off and die? And I had this weird, like, kind of like close proximity in my mind and heart of like, it's scary if I die. Yeah. Like there, there's, there's wrong things that I've done, even though they're not like crazy newsworthy sins or mistakes. I always had something in my heart, even from a young age of feeling guilty. And it wore on me. It, it weighed on me. And that weight wasn't lifted until I heard about forgiveness in Christ. And that, that idea, you said you were about 13. Yes. When, when this, uh, you had that experience. I love, you know, hearing stories about kids who get saved at camp because, um, you know, we're always sending kids to camp and people do it and people are like, ah, well, they just go to camp. And, and a lot of kids go to camp and a lot of adults, you know, go to a, a, you know, a men's retreat or a women's retreat. They have that mountaintop experience. They come home and not a lot has changed, but there's also kids who it does change and it makes a difference. And so I love that idea of, of camp and of, of getting our kids, you know, connected. My, my oldest grandson just started going 
they they attend a different church in town, but they started attending our youth group and then went to our camp. And now he started to come to us because, you know, his his home church is mostly retired grandparents and there's nothing going on for kids there. And so his his faith is just stagnant. But now when he can go and do these things, it's just it's exciting for me, for him. I get excited that he gets a chance to to do that. So I'm glad to hear that, that that happened. What did the change look like for you as you did that being a, a teenager? So 13, you're like, you know, junior high, high school age. What did that look like with your friend group or how your life played out? Did you make changes or did that slowly uh, progress to where you started making more and more changes in your, your life? Yeah. So junior high and high school, um, I, kind of overcorrected in that regard where I was kind of the, I was the poster child youth group kid. Okay. You know, I'm teaching Bible studies. I'm lead, I'm the president of Bible club. Um, I'm leading worship on Sundays. Um, never dated a girl, you know, in, in high school and, um, basically swung more, even almost like to some extent you would look back and be like, okay, this kid was a, like a prude in a sense would be mm-hmm. like the negative term the world would use. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful for it because it, it did, it kept me in a safe place. Um, and then obviously into adulthood, um, it's a whole like another story. Cause I, I ended up after college, I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, and that would probably be a whole nother episode <laughs> of how, how Kyle navigated faith, working on the strip in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, we, we can touch on that um, another time, I think, because that's another chapter. But I would just say like, yes, overall, like the the conversion to Christ drastically changed my worldview where I viewed everything through an eternal lens. And so my music was no exception. In okay. fact, I took my music so seriously that I told my mom, I said, I, I don't want to graduate until I pass out CDs to all of my classmates. Ah. And she sponsored me to go and record with my uncle in Texas. Shout out to Uncle Jesse and Aunt Val. Um, I was able to record my first CD with them. And no joke, Paul, my, my senior year, they showed up, 650 kids. They got their diploma. They got a Bible from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and I was approved at a public school to hand them my Christian rap CD. Nice. And, and I gave out, I think, 550 of them. And wow. my heart was, I'm like, I want them to leave with the gospel and a diploma. I don't, I don't want them to leave without that. So my music, like, it's not even a pursuit of rap or hip hop, or I grew up like listening to tons of Eminem or all these things that normally would be the story. My heart's always, if, if, if sharing my faith in, in Christ, and that's the lens, that's the start. And, and I'm a Christian first and foremost, and God has just graced me with some opportunities with music to reach people. Yeah. So, so being that good kid in the public school, um, can you, do you want to say which, which school? You, this was in Bakersfield? Um, Stockdale High School. Stockdale High School. Um, so being that kid were you known as, you know, that kid or was it, uh, cause I, at, in my youth, I was, I was the designated driver for all my friends. They were all getting drunk and getting high. And I was driving around all my friends, parents loved me because they knew their boys <laughs> would come home safe. And yeah. 
I went to all the parties. I just, I had a little six pack of root beer and people knew, oh, Paul will mind the keg because he won't be drinking off it. So we can let him into the party for free. And so I was sort of had my foot in both things, but everybody knew, and they were always trying to get me to come off of that goody goody thing that they saw. And when I finally did, I like, I mean, I dove into the world hard cannonball into the deep end and, you know, threw my whole life plan out the window. Yeah. Uh, And so that's been a long time. Well, I don't want to say coming back because I didn't go back to the same place I was, but it's been a long time getting out of that, that muck from, you know, 20 years old until now I'm in my mid fifties. It's been, been a journey. Uh, How was, how was it for you with the rest of the kids in school? That's an excellent, excellent question. And for sake of time, I think I can summarize it very easily with like three kind of like identities, I guess, mm-hmm. where, or approaches to the Christian faith. What you described is what I would call the saint. You're, you're a sinner who's been saved by grace. You are loving the world in a balanced, respectful, Jesus-like way where, hey, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm not above you. I love you. We're meeting at the, the ground of the cross and you're involved, but you're not, you're in the world, but not of it. You know, mm-hmm. you got root beer and you're getting your friends home safe. I think that's beautiful. And I think that's more close to like how Christ would operate in the world where he's not keeping people at a, a 30 foot pole distance, you know? Um, but he's also not doing keg stands. And so yeah. <laughs> that's the saint, right? That's what I would call it. The other approach is the cannonball, right? The prodigal. Yeah. I've, got, I've got my identity at home. I love Jesus, but I'm going to go see what the world's about. And you do a cannonball in the deep end, like you said. So for me, the other side on the opposite end is like the monk approach, where you mm. are just so far removed, you know, hear no evil, speak no evil. I won't even be a part of it. I was the monk in junior high and high school. I look back and I was very judgmental towards I looked at others less than me or I was more the Pharisee you know I was the kid under the tree reading the Bible praying for these heathens kind of a thing Uh right yeah I was the guy that's like I'm gonna do a Christian concert and everybody hear me roar I had a good heart I wanted people to know Jesus but I also was so uncomfortable with the sinful lifestyle I didn't know how to operate in that Vegas Vegas was the prodigal right where I, I jumped into the deep end eventually And then now in Nashville, God has brought me full circle to the saint where I feel like I'm at work. I'm in the midst of it. But even last night, someone asked me, they were asking me about my, my wedding coming up and you know, Hey, do do you and your girl like live together? And I'm like, no. And I got to explain, you know, our reasoning behind that and the commitment and I told him, I'm like, it's Jesus. Like, it's Jesus who got me to this place because without him, I would be a wreck. I would ruin our relationship. Yeah. So those are the three that I would kind of say. And I, I would say junior high, high school, I was more like the monk. Now I'm grateful to be more of the saint in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, as, as Bruce said, it's hard to be a saint in the city. Um, uh, well, that's it's a, a, a big journey. And, and people can tell already we've gone from, beautiful Bakersfield yeah. <laughs> to, to Vegas, to Nashville. Um, and, and it sounds like, um, you know, your life is taking you on a journey and, and my life has as well. And one of the things that we want to do is 
is to live happy. And the song that, uh, that we've got for you from Lowry Day is a song called Live Happy. So we're going to play about 90 seconds of that for you. We'll be back on the other side to uh, talk about that song and to dive a little bit deeper into uh, the music side of the story. So here's 90 seconds of Lowry with Live Happy. Make some better choices, find out what I could be. Make my mama smile, walk that stage holding my degree. Hindsight's 2020, and right now that's all I can see. Yeah, that's all I can see. Yeah, I do not feel free. Yeah, stay away from me. Yeah, no, just let me be. No, that's not what I need. No, I do not believe. No, it's been hard to breathe. Yo, everybody leave. I make it to the surface as I wake up from this nightmare. Life is a war, you know our enemy don't fight for Fair. I won't run and hide, though inside I'm feeling quite scared. Heartless in the darkness, but I'm lighting up this bright prayer. Lord, I need you now. Bring your angels from the heavens. I wrote you this honest letter, but I'm too afraid to send it. I know you bought my soul and you always pay attention, but I've been having thoughts that I really hate to mention. I've been really trying to live happy, yeah. I've been trying to keep my wits about me, yeah. Sometimes I think they can't do this without me. Solo, no Chewy, even leave my family. You know the ones who really knew me. And shout out to the ones who moved on and outgrew me. That statement isn't true. There you go, Lowry. Uh, so normally I let the guest speak first, but since, you know, this is his song, I'm going to jump in first. And, you know, the thing that strikes me on this is I wish I would have had this when I was talking to Big Squatch a couple weeks ago. And uh, we were talking about that doubt because this song just screams to me, the struggle is real. And it just, the things that I've often thought in my head, you're putting down, you know, in your lyrics. And it's, I love the idea of not being alone. I mean, as a writer, I like having an original thought, but sometimes it's nice, especially when those negative thoughts, it's nice for them not to be original uh, I get so much hope out of reading the Old Testament because I see, all right, thousands of years ago, some knucklehead was sitting in a desert struggling with the same thing that some knucklehead sitting in a desert is struggling with now. So, okay, I'm not crazy. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I love that idea of, of just, I, I like that you admit the struggle. A lot of times Christian music can be, you know, we're trying so hard when we're doing something to show the happy side of it that we don't show the ugly side of life and life can get grimy. I mean, Jesus had, you know, he, he washed his disciples feet because they were dirty and uh, ministry is dirty. Life is dirty. It's, it's not always peaches and cream. So um, that really, really struck me on that. What, what was going on with you uh, as you were writing this song? Yeah, no, I think the word solitude and, and, being comforted that you're not alone um that's amazing that's what you pulled from it um because i was feeling very alone uh in the fight and i was it got to a point where not even like a lot of specific detail that i can really recall i just remember the internal like pressure and struggle where um i was navigating like being out of this really toxic job 
um, at the time I was, I was single and, you know, navigating things from that relationship that had broken off. And this is fairly recent, um, last few years. And just that struggle of like, I just want to live happy. I just want my moments to be good. I just want to smile. I just want to be able to rejoice and, and have a good day, but reaching for joy and it not being there was really frustrating. Mm. And especially when you feel alone in the fight. And so I'm in the, like, literally I'm in my closet at, in, in Las Vegas. And that's where I would record. Cause I, I didn't have a lot of sound treatment at the time. So I just put like my clothes up in the closet to kind of absorb some of it. And I'm just recording this song and I'm alone in there. And I'm, I, there, there's one lyric where, I have, I say something along the lines of like, I have this letter that I've written to God, but I'm, I'm too afraid to send it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and cause I'm having these thoughts that I really hate to mention. Yeah. And that's kind of what you were talking about was there's, there's a lot of times Christians, we shirk away from the truth. We kind of sugarcoat it because we're afraid mm-hmm. of how it can be received. God can handle it. God's not surprised by it. Bring it to the table and so for me, I really grew from that, an understanding of like, God is the ultimate person I can be honest with because he already sees it. Like he's not surprised by your twisted thoughts or the dark thoughts that are trying to creep in. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, my, my favorite scene in um, uh, Forrest Gump is, you know, Lieutenant Dan strapped to the mast. And he's like, is that all you got? And I think, yeah, that's what we need to do with God. We just... He can take it. He's not, he's not surprised by it. He's not hearing something new. He's not hearing something he hasn't heard before. And he knows it. And I know with my kids, with my grandkids, I just love it when I can see that there's something on their mind and they come to me with it. They're just honest with it. It's like, oh, I'm glad you finally said something because I didn't want to break, you know, your privacy, but I, I knew that something was going on in there. And, and I don't know my kids like God knows me, but, but I know if that's the way I feel, then he has to feel that way too. Just like, finally you came and what were you waiting for that's Um, that's a really great phrase what were you waiting for and that is so true i I can imagine like a a father or a grandpa looking at their their son or grandson or daughter or granddaughter is yeah you my dad told me you can bring anything to me you know, and, and that was always a cool freedom that I had that I always knew no matter what life dumped on me or brought to my doorstep, dad wasn't going to let me sleep on a street. Mm-hmm. Dad was going to, he always joked with me. He's like, Kyle, you can stay and live with us till we die. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like your mom probably won't be stoked about it. You probably might not date or whatnot, but you know, if you have to, we got you. Yeah. But it's that father's heart that I think you're hitting on that is evident in this song. And at the end of the song, if you listen through, you know, I talk about gratitude being a, the, the, the soil in which joy grows. Mm-hmm. And for me, I used to have a very limited perspective on the idea that I could cultivate joy or I could actually access joy. And Cause I thought it was like something that you either had or you didn't have, but it's, it's, it's really something you can cultivate and grow and enjoy because if you shift your focus, if you focus on things that you can be grateful for, 
you look at the gospel, you look at your, your salvation, you look at the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm a sinner who's been saved by grace. Mm -hmm. You know, I am the, the blind man who is now able to see, I am the thief on the cross. I am the woman washing Jesus's feet, you know, with her hair and she's been forgiven of much so she can forgive much. I have that same story. And out of that perspective, everything you're going through really doesn't hold a candle Yeah. to eternal separation from God. Yeah. Like if we really want to get ugly with it, if we really want to get into the darkness of it, what, what is your, your financial stress of paying your, your electricity bill or your rent really hold a candle to the fires of hell mm -hmm. yeah. or the wrath of God? And it's, and, it's, yeah. it's, you know, you, you said, you know, stuff that life, you know, brings to you or dumps at your doorstep. And for me, so often it wasn't life that was bringing it. It was me coming back home and bringing all this stuff with me and, and just leaving it on my own floor. I, I didn't leave it at my doorstep. You know, life didn't stop. At my, I was like, come on in, come oh, live with me. Yeah. This is, you know, and it was, it was my doing and, and yep. it boils down for me. I can boil virtually every mistake in my life down to pride. Like, you know, what am I waiting for? I'm waiting so that I can figure out how I can solve this instead of letting God, the all knowing, all powerful creator solve this problem. I want to do it so yep. I can get the glory. And uh, one of my, my drums that I beat all the time is I don't pray for strength and I, I won't pray for other people's strength because I don't, I want people. I, when, when someone's hurting, dirty secret here i will pray for you to be weak when you're hurting when you are mm. just down in the dumps i'll pray for you to be so weak that the only thing that can save you is god oh, because if I, if I save Dude. myself yep i'm useless because i think look at what i did um yep. it, it's always been god when god has picked me up that's when i've had my growth but when paul has found a way to do something on his own it's great for a little bit and i bask in some glory of my own light but then it comes crashing down hard. So um, yeah, I, I don't want that, but I do want to be able to find that glimmer, you know? Well, and, and I'll, I'll tag that with a story of mine where I, I remember planning my first concert in Las Vegas. I had, I'd wrapped a different local events. I had actually shared the stage in Las Vegas with a lot of Christian rap artists that I admired. It's a dream come true for me, you know, from 2000, 15 to like 2017 ish, 18, I got to rap on stages with people that I grew up listening to, you know, and I'm, I'm just in awe of, of how cool that was. Well, finally the scene in, in Vegas kind of died down and I was like, well, I'm going to do my own concert and I'm, and this kind of comes back to the pride thing of I'm going to do one bigger than everyone else has ever done, you know? And there was a heart there that was half good of like, I want to reach people. Mm -hmm. but there's definitely some pride of like well if they're not going to do it i'm going to do it yeah and i remember white knuckle efforts to 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 just steam you know full steam ahead into that event and on the day of the event i remember having a phone in one hand on stage and a mic in the other i have people blowing up my phone because i didn't delegate very well <laughs> and you know i'm literally trying to mic check and tell this person where to park <laughs> so it got to a point where 15 minutes before the show my friend robert's looking at me forgetting my lyrics on stage oh wow 
And I'm like, dude, you've had six months to prepare for this concert and you're forgetting your lyrics. So that goes back to the whole empty, right? Yeah. And I remember going to the bathroom and just praying. I said, okay, Lord, you win. I have failed in areas with this and I've, I've relied on my own strength and I need you to show up because I can't. And it was in that, that I was able to take the stage and then being emptied, then being filled to overflowing and being able to move from that space. And I think that's where a lot of Christians have such a stressful life and a, such an unhappy life is they're trying to source their solutions from themselves. Like, yeah. And yeah, if it's... you would just be proactive instead of reactive, right? If we could just mm -hmm. get to the cross first, we would save ourselves like so much frustration. Yeah. Well, I, and I do it in everything else. You know, if, if, if the refrigerator is empty, I go to the store to get, you know, food and then I put it in there. I don't just keep on looking at an empty fridge, hoping that it shows up. But in my life, I just keep on thinking, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is the day that something will happen. And if I don't turn it over, I, I just, I'll keep on going hungry. It's, it's, and I, that's a lesson I have to keep learning over and over and over again. And I, I had a guy one time ask me, he said, don't you want to be a millionaire? And I said, no, I don't, because I would just squander it on, on donuts and hockey tickets. And, and I, I know that God is going to keep me humble because as soon as I get anything, I, I, you know, get up on my stage and I said, look at me go. And I need to, to keep myself humble and remember where it is that I've come from and where it is that God's taking me and just follow his lead rather than running off on my own little uh, chicken with a head cut off course. Well, and, and that's the advice I would give anyone. If you could apply the lyrics of this song to your life in any way, it would be to take time in the morning to verbally thank God for things specifically in your life and start with the cross, start with your salvation always. Yeah. And, and, and then face your day from that firm, strong foundation of, okay, I'm forgiven. I, I am loved. I'm created. I've been made in the image of God. I, you, you go to war with your day with this insane fortitude because anything that comes your way is going to be like a rubber bullet, like bouncing off that like reality, mm -hmm. you know? And the days that I don't do things like that, the second something bad happens and I can't handle it, I get resentful towards God or, or I get all bummed out or you, like you said, I try to do it on my own and fix it. And then I overcorrect or I can't correct. And it just gets even worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And here's the, you know, you said rubber bullets and rubber bullets probably not going to kill you, but that doesn't mean they don't feel bad. So just because you decide you're going to follow Christ, you're going to let God be in charge. doesn't mean you're not going to get hit with things that will hurt, that will feel bad, that will leave a mark, will leave a bruise. Um, you know, they use rubber bullets to, you know, put people down, not to kill them, but to, you know, to, to calm things down. So it's, it's still, we're still going to face things. There's that, I think a lot of times people think, okay, well, I've turned my life over to Christ and I started my morning with prayer and I said, thank you. So I'm going to walk out there and nothing bad is going to happen today. And, and if it does, then maybe I didn't have enough faith or it's like, no, I mean, stuff is happening bad all over the world. We, God gave us that choice. There's, there's seven and a half billion free choices walking around the planet right now. And someone's bound to bump into me that disagrees with my free choice. And, and God's going to let us both just 
do what we're going to do because he's given us that choice. My, my hope has to be in the, in the future and eternity. You know, if I'm looking for today's success, I'm just, I'm being myopic. I need to, to, to start using the telescope and looking out into space instead of a microscope and just looking at my fingernails. I love that the, the telescope instead of the microscope. And I, I think that eternal lens is the other side of that thought that I mentioned. And I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought that up because you're right. I'm still, even if I pray and I, and I'm in a good space, my coworker might still treat me poorly at work or I still might get a flat or I might have an unexpected bill that sends my day into a spiral. You know, it's this attempt and this tension of like, I just want to live happy. I just want, but that's the thing is like, we're not here to live happy. Jesus didn't tell us, Hey, you're not going to have any troubles. This world's going to be great. You know, yeah. totally the opposite. He told us exactly. Yeah. He was kind of specific about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I came to bring a sword. I'm going to divide people on, on matters. You know, you're going to have trouble in this world. He says to endure hardships as a good soldier of Christ. I mean, the best advice I ever got early on was to view life more like a battleground than a playground. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, but there's joy in that because soldiers in war, like they have they have the bigger picture in mind. There's, there's a reason you would set out on a mission. There's a reason you would go and, and give all that you have um, to a cause and not to get in the weeds of politics or any of that or war, but just with that idea of knowing that you said like your home is in heaven. So even if your life is really difficult or really bad or horrific, even there are still greater glories in heaven that will always outweigh the pain you experience here on earth. Yeah. And the person who, who bumps into you and, and does something and, you know, your coworker or whatever, what's the reason it's, it's probably not because they're a jerk. They might act like a jerk a lot, but that person was made on purpose by God. God had a reason for making that person and something's going on in this person's life. That's making them react this way. And I try to just like, all right, instead of being mad at you, let me love you and try to find out what we can do to get you through this. How can I help? I see you're having a bad day. Do you need a hug? Do you need a, you know, Coke? What do you need? Let me, let me get you something. Yeah. Just listen. You know, so often it's just, let me listen. Tell me what's going on and don't, I'm not going to fix it because I can't, yeah. but I can hear it. And, and that breaks down so many walls for people. And I tell you, if, if you're having a fight with someone and you hug them, it really is a powerful weapon. Love in a fight is, is so disarming and it just Woo. not what people are expecting to have. And, yep. um, and, and, and keeping love in mind, just knowing that, like you said, the woman, you know, she's forgiven much because she's been forgiven much. If, if we're able to love that person maybe someone's going to find a reason to love us. And, and I've done probably worse than you've done in a lot of areas and you've done worse than me in a lot of areas. And let's not compare. We don't want to, you know, get into showing our, our war stories. Let's just say, all right, we've done some stuff. Now let's, let's do some stuff together. No, I couldn't have said that better, uh, Paul. I think that's such a good, um, yeah, approach with people when they bump into you, when it gets sharp, when it gets people gets they get grumpy or or disgruntled. Yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, 
you probably have nothing to do with it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, you're just kind of bumping into them. They're spilling on you, whatever they got bottled up in their day. And I had that happen at work where a coworker and I were having a tiff here and there tension, not working well. And then I took the advice you just gave. And I, I asked, I'm like, what's going on in your life? Turns out like been separated from family for the longest time, cross borders, like pandemic misses his mom over the course of a year. I mean, some deep, deep hurt that had nothing to do with any of our coworkers, you know? And so you're totally right. It's spot on and you need to just ask and listen. And you're right. Be, be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you smell a fart doesn't mean it was your fart. Uh, other people are farting and, and we get involved. With it. <laughs> I'm going to send that quote to my dad, my brother, my uncles, because <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what's, what's going on next with you? What's, what's going on uh, when, you know, you're, you're writing, you're, you're doing your stuff. What does, what do you see in the future uh, for, for you and your music? I want to share. I, I want to get some organic in-person, you know, coming out of this pandemic season of life and COVID and all that. I really left it with a sense of urgency and wanting to be like tactile and, and in-person. I feel like there's just such a lack of social interaction. I feel like we've gotten very uncomfortable with it, even outside of the pandemic, just technology, just the world is going in a much more disconnected, even though we're connected, we're even more disconnected. And so I want to just talk about Jesus through music and share face to face. And I want to grow in that. I, I, I've neglected that in my personal life where I haven't been as comfortable talking about my faith at work or with certain people, or I just really want God to challenge me in that and just kind of have that Isaiah six mentality. Uh, if I get a phone call, doesn't matter if it's two people or 200,000 people, like, God, if you're giving me that stage, let's go and do it. And that's why I immediately said yes to the show. Well, it was funny because I was going to say that I, I'm, I'm talking to uh, our mutual friend, Dennis, and I, he mentioned you, I said, oh, it'd be great to have him on the show. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll let you. And I mean, I literally got off the freeway and then all of a sudden I'm <laughs> getting the message from you. I was like, wow, that was fast he Dennis was not lying when he uh he connected and you didn't hesitate you took the baton and ran with it and uh I'm so glad that uh that you did um if people want to get a hold of you you know we said you're on on uh, Spotify and Apple and I know the amounts of money they're paying for that you are raking in the big bucks from those plays on that just just so you know people that you need to get tens of thousands of of clicks to make a penny you know, on these things. So if you're gonna try to support an artist, go in and play all the music, just put it on loop, let it play all night long. So that way he gets a little taste of something. Musicians don't make money from music anymore. Okay. They, that's, that's maybe if you're YouTube, it's our advertisement really. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you want to spread the word for this guy. Um, and, but if you want to get a hold of him, you can email him at, I love this email. Hello at loweryofficial.com. It's L-O-W-E-R-Y official.com. I love that idea of hello. I'm going to steal that from you because so often it's, you know, info and people ignore that, but hello is is great. Um, And uh, you can get a hold of them that way. You can check out the music on uh, Apple uh, Music, on Spotify, 
and on uh, YouTube. Uh, search for Lowry and the song Second Chance, and that'll get you to his music. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we're going to have you back with, uh, with Mrs. Lowry and uh, talk about uh, a musical family uh, soon. So um, thanks for doing this. Any parting shots before we go? Now continue to, to live grateful and, and really just seek God daily. I would leave you with Matthew 6, 33, um, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Mm, excellent. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. You can call or text me at 760-608-1942. Don't forget the Patreon uh, on our website, messituppodcast.com, or text to give mums the word. Text the word mum to 760-W-A-L-L-S-C-A. And uh, listen, people, I don't know where you live, but where I live, uh, gas is is still in it. Not, uh, not, not inexpensive. It's very expensive still. And uh, going back and forth to the prisons is getting to be quite a pricey thing so uh, we're counting on on our listeners to help us uh, get through this and uh, be able to bring the love of Christ into those prison walls so thank you to all who do that and we'll see you next time we mess it up Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.